0: Hello and welcome back to the FPL Lounge podcast. We are back with our game week 20 preview post FA Cup and it feels like the Premier League is well back underway after the World Cup. My name is Chris Hopkins and I am joined by the Inter-Miami to my Brentford B. It's Andy Case. Andy, uh, yeah, Mr. Mr., Mr. Beckham Senior apparently spotted at welling united uh the other day watching his son play play brentford b and i saw i saw i mean i don't like the sourcing of these photographs because obviously it's it's very paparazzi but um to avoid uh, any crowds or anything after the game apparently he uh beckham senior hopped over a fence and sprinted across a muddy field to 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 escape um to escape you know the hordes of crowds at, at welling united um yeah you're i don't really know if you've got any thoughts but your thoughts
1: uh, i don't really have any thoughts um other than two things one um is inter miami better than brentford b like it's in good, your it, a good question thing,
0: um, i think i think my theory was purely weather-based
1: yeah i mean undoubtedly uh the weather in miami has got to be better than the weather in west london yeah, yeah. um but i mean you're being managed by phil neville Rather than Thomas Frank, well, it was probably not oh. Thomas Frank for the Brentford B, is it? But
0: you it's know. not. It's Neil McFarlane. But equally, Romeo, he's he did into Miami too, anyway, isn't he? I don't don't think. He, I think he's played a few like True. minutes for the first team, but it's not like. Yeah, he's not. No.
1: I mean, he's just so really you should have said in, into Miami reserve. That
0: didn't fit. That didn't fit the yeah.
1: whole.
0: Even and, then, and still, and still, the weather, the weather, the weather
1: stands right. Yeah, yeah, okay. And then the only other thing, my second thing was. Um, I heard a really terrible joke about this development earlier today. Would you like to hear it? Of course. Imagine, I wouldn't be very showbiz if I said no at this point, would I? It wouldn't, would it? No, but you are the the true showman, Chris. So you'll say yes, even though you don't want to hear another Andy Case dad joke. So here it is. Um, Obviously, uh, Romeo Beckham's father is, is well known for the numbers that he wore on his back. And particularly, obviously, like number seven. At many at many places. So old Romeo wasn't sure what to do, what number to wear. He didn't want to, you know, be so presumptuous that he could wear any of the numbers that uh, his his father wore with great prestige. So as he was running out onto the pitch, David shouted across to him, "Wear four out there, Romeo."
0: Like it? I do like
1: it. It's
0: a little, little, little bit laboured in the delivery, but yeah, you know, don't don't hate the premise although yeah. i mean the idea of david beckham ever quoting shakespeare is frankly laughable and maybe that is the joke beyond the punchline um but yeah not not bad not bad i feel like maybe yeah every now and then andy case can you know throw a little throw a little funny into into the into the top of the show
1: uh i mean i think there's been plenty over the years i don't know what you're talking about usually
0: they're just digs at me though not an actual like joke with a punchline always funny We'll leave it at that. We'll leave it at that.
1: Let's uh, let's
0: crack on with our game week 20 preview. And as always, there is plenty to discuss. Uh, we'll start, as we always do, by running down the game week 20 fixtures. We'll have a quick chat about this week's talking points of which there are quite a few things to talk about, particularly the the, the four teams on a double this week. We've got some new players on the radar. We will be swimming against the tides for, I think, the first time since the restart, Andy, or maybe just the second time since the restart. And then we'll finish, as we always do, with a quick chat about captaincy and who the heck is stat. Let's start then by running down those all-important game week Uh, 20 fixtures your deadline in fpl this week is unlucky for some friday the 13th of january at 6 30 that's because friday night football is aston villa versus leeds then on saturday we have a manchester derby at lunchtime man united hosting man city then we've got four three o'clock kickoffs. they are brighton liverpool everton southampton nottingham forest leicester wolves versus west ham and then the tea time kickoff brentford in west london hosting bournemouth
1: On Sunday, it's Chelsea versus Palace and Newcastle versus Fulham and the North London derby, Spurs versus Arsenal. Moving on to midweek then, Wednesday, the 18th of January, Crystal Palace versus Man United uh, being the first of a double for those teams, because obviously they've already had fixtures, as mentioned by Chris, and also a double for Man City and Spurs, who face each other on Thursday, the 19th. So just to clarify then, Andy, those double game week 20
0: fixtures, Crystal Palace, they host Chelsea away and Man United at home, Man United hosting City at home and then Palace away, Man City hosting United or having United away and then hosting Tottenham and then Tottenham have Arsenal at home and then Man City away. Quite a lot to get our head round, I guess. But for me, I don't know about you, but for me, the the kind of standout here is that we don't have... A, a team that's got particularly juicy double game week fixtures. I guess we can maybe say that Man United, with you know a team that isn't in the top six um, in in among their double, and then you kind of use maybe the Man City game as a bit of a bonus. Um, but there's not you know as as we've said as we said last year when we had you know, everyone was owning Mo Salah and he had was it Leeds and Norwich in a double game week. Nothing's anywhere close to that um, that appealing in this round of double
1: game week fixtures no i mean it's 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 nothing like that is it it's just a bit a bit unfortunate in the way that it's it's worked out for the for the for the people looking to try and jump on uh juicy double game week fixtures but uh yeah obviously city would be the usual usual sort of draw um in a double if, you know if city had a double game week usually you'd be thinking. Yeah, like, here we go. But I mean, their performances recently, you know, apparently weren't all that great against Chelsea, although I could didn't see it. And we are recording tonight after discovering the fact that they have been knocked out of the Carabao Cup by Southampton um, with another performance, albeit with quite a changed team, but seemingly that, that, that wasn't fantastic either. Um, so... Forms a bit of a worry for them, and the fact that yeah, it's United and Tottenham, not great fixtures. So um, probably the, it is probably one of the better opportunities we've had for double game week fixtures because I think we've only really had them so far this season, and there's been like one um, extra fixture. Um, so it yeah, gives us four, a bit four more teams. Four
0: teams is nice, I think, isn't it? Uh, uh, yeah, at the minute, looking at, I mean, I'm looking at my own team and and seeing you know a fair few players that I've already already got that might be playing twice. So yeah, I think that's something to to look forward to. But yeah, I guess we're just missing that sort of top six team playing two
1: weaker sides. We haven't really had that at all really so far, have we this season? No, no, not at all. And yeah, but it's a little bit more or despite the world cup in the middle of it, it's a little bit more of a traditional FPL season in terms of its pattern. And with the, the bigger blanks and doubles coming towards the end of the season, when FA cup um, kind of uh, what's the word comes up against premier league fixtures. Yeah, I guess we've
0: almost always, I think, in the FPL lounge had COVID to contend with. And the the only real obscurities that we've had so far this season have come in the way of the Queen's death, I believe. And some of that, that... Caused a few postponements, didn't it? And I think we're almost still still dealing with the fallout of that. So, and obviously the World Cup has, has meant a more condensed fixture calendar, so fewer places to be able to put some of these some of these doubles, um, particularly for those teams that are competing in Europe. So, maybe that's allowed us to be a bit more predictive. But it feels like it's still a bit of a minefield, to be honest. Um, going forward, um, I guess a quick chat, Andy, about doubles in general. I mean, I feel like I. <sighs> Perhaps struggle to get my head around the benefit of a double, and I say that, um, you know, trying to give myself as much of a sort of break as possible. I think you know, it, we're looking at these, and um, and I don't see any major standout fixtures, you know, even for Man City here, having you know, United and Tottenham, that looks pretty difficult, but we know how, how good city assets in FPL can be. But I've you should regularly see people on. FPL Twitter and, and things like that that would happily take hits and happily rearrange almost what I would describe as the fundamental makeup of their team to bring in double game week players. That always seems a little bit far, a little bit too much for me, but at the same time the the phrase that you've always used and one that I really like is that they've got two bites of a cherry in this game week. You know, one return in any given game week is good and they've got twice the opportunity to get that one return and then Anything else is kind of a bonus thereafter. So, you know, looking at, let's take an Erling Haaland here for, you know, as the easiest example, you know, we expect him ultimately to score in every game. And he's got two games this game week. So that means at least two goals, we would hope, and maybe more. So, yeah, I guess it's that, it's that second bite of the cherry and the fact that even if they don't return, they're likely to end up on four
1: points, barring, you know, booking or a defender conceding loads of goals. I think as FPL gets bigger obviously be gambler aware and all that we don't advocate gambling etc but gambling on FPL and points and things like lines for players and stuff I think will only kind of get bigger um, as well and it would be interesting to see like what a points line for an Erling Haaland for example in a game week like this would be because um, you would I would think It'd be you, you'd, you'd expect at least a goal, like you're saying, even even though the fixtures are United and Tottenham. I mean, where would you? I, I mean, this is just too too difficult a conversation to tangent yeah. to go down if you were to where to put the line. But I mean, the point is, you would expect at least one goal and probably a bit more. Like I think you could maybe even expect like minimum of like two returns. Could would you? Because it cause it's Erling Haaland but I I mean, and, and and obviously one of the two fixtures is at home, but I don't know.
0: Yeah, it's it's an interesting one. I mean, I'd, yeah, it definitely is a conversation for, for another day. But yeah, I guess even if you're looking at, you know, say you own a player like, uh, I, okay, say you own a Crystal Palace player here, right? A Crystal Palace defender, let's let's say you own um, Tyreek Mitchell, right? You know, what's gone from a two-pointer against Chelsea and you'd be like, oh, I might not start him this game week, turns into the four-pointer with the potential for a clean sheet or the potential for a, an assist or something like that. And, you know, that four, that four points turns into you know could turn into six could could turn into into eight even so it's definitely worth starting those almost fringe players and and then if you add in add on to that your Marcus Rashford who we think you know is likely to score for Man United your Erling Haaland's your Kevin De Bruyne's your Harry Kane's then the 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 benefit of bringing these players in if you don't own them could be really really big couldn't
1: it yeah I mean absolutely it's it's there's even debate often in these types of game weeks when um, is it worth a, a does it can you justify a hit a hit or even more hits for for double game week players isn't there because because the perform yeah, even just appearance points nullifies some of the hit so if it's a, essentially if it's a guaranteed starter you're making up two of the points you'd have lost anyway and so then obviously any other type of return and and you're laughing but it can be a bit of a dangerous path to go down that because you can kind of talk yourself into allowing yourself to make transfers for hits that you perhaps normally wouldn't
0: yeah yeah and I guess ultimately if you do make those transfers you are still lumped with those players beyond the double game week so definitely worth thinking about let's move on to the radar Andy no one appearing in the center of our radar this week obviously last week and the week before we had Marcus Rashford um I guess we'd like to keep him Very much in front of mind, but he should be in teams by now, and he's got over 40, or I think almost 40% ownership at the time of recording. I think that's definitely the the um the the you know the the level upon which we should probably take him off the radar and just say that he's
1: going to be in teams by now. Yeah, exactly. Like many others that we've spoken about over the years, KDB, Harlan this year, Salah in previous years. Yeah, you cut you cut. It doesn't feel like he can be like on our radar now because like he's almost on everyone's radars.
0: So, a player that is still very high owned, I think above 30%, um, and possibly would be in the centre of our radar, but for some mitigation that we'll go into, is Harry Kane. This is a player, Andy, who's actual underlying numbers since the since the restart. I mean, he's not featuring uh, in the top 10, I don't think, for for, for, X, for XG among among all players in the game. Um But he has blanked only three times all season. I think there's only four games in which he's failed to find the net. And in one of those games, he got an assist. He's on a double game week. It isn't, as we've already said, the easiest fixtures. But what is that reason, Andy, why we're not quite putting him in the centre this week?
1: Well, that is mainly because of what we said in previous weeks about... um... Mitrovic is actually on. He's on four yellows, and it and it's and it's just that frustrating. And particularly because the first fixture is Arsenal, you could absolutely see a booking in a big derby game for for Harry Kane. So that's the slight thing, which just because because if he, if he if it was a single game week against Arsenal, would he be in the centre of our radar? Probably not. But I, but I mean, besides that, we've spoken a few times about how is Kane going under the radar a bit this season. I think Spurs aren't having a great year generally, but his underlying numbers and actual output is at the level of probably like, say, Salah in previous years, but just because Haaland's is so outrageously incredible, it, it's kind of not getting noticed. And and not only are those underlying numbers great, again, I'm repeating what I've said in obvious, other episodes this season, but it's the consistency. He doesn't go and get three and then score none for three weeks. He seems to get, as you've, as you've outlined there, returns in almost every single game. So it's just... Um, even despite him being 11 point whatever a million he is now, kind of justifying his price at that type of consistency level.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, 11.6 million pounds, 127 points, which is the second most in in the game so far this season. And yeah, I think it is Haaland's 144 that just blows him out of the water a little bit. But otherwise, everyone would be talking about Harry Kane. He'd be a must-own. I'm not sure if he'd quite be at the 85% that Harlan's at, but you'd think he'd be above 50 were definitely above 40 than you know if 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 he was um yeah if it, you know if Haaland didn't exist this season. Um and yeah I think I was listening to to a podcast this week about Tottenham and 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 them a bit tactically and you know much is made of Kane's role for England about how he dropped deep but he seems to be playing more as kind of like an out and out number nine I think for Tottenham this year. He scored more headed goals than I think he's ever scored in the league, which kind of implies that they're putting lots of crosses in for him and things like that. And obviously he is pretty good in the air, even though he isn't he's not short, but he's not the tallest. You know, he's not he's not Peter Crouch, is he, kind of thing. So um so yeah, I think uh there and there is talk of Spurs getting Kulisewski back, and I feel like he's quite key for them creatively. Uh that Spurs is Win percentage when Kulisewski plays versus when he doesn't is, is is chalk and cheese so if they can get Kulisewski back then you know it wouldn't surprise me if they um, get some pick up some results in albeit a very difficult double against Arsenal and City but yeah having Kane uh, in the mid-range of the radar with that yellow card potential suspension hanging over his head um, makes sense to me another player that we've put on the radar Andy a midfielder who we haven't mentioned at all so far this season I don't think we would have mentioned well, maybe we would have done, but I'm not sure if we would have mentioned him had Man City not been on a double this game week. But he is a player that I think you would attribute to your best ever FPL season, not at least being, having a very contributing factor to your best ever FPL season when you finish in the top 5k. And that's Riyad Mahrez. He's, ever since then, he's been very hot and cold in FPL and he's been in and out of Man City's team. But when he's in it, and he does seem to be in it at the minute... He can be a hell of a player, can't
1: he? I, I mean, yeah, a very high ceiling, explosive with goals and assists when 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 he and City are are on fire and when he's in the team, yeah. And to be honest, there was at points in that season where I kind of did well off him, where he was even um, scoring regularly off the bench, which is probably what kept him in my team longer than than he might have done otherwise. But um, it, also, that you can't do well in any season of FPL without luck, and it was just one of those where him and I, I punted a bit more on Mane that season, which is not someone we've typically had in our teams either over the course of the FPL lounge. But they both had good goal-scoring seasons, and I kind of had them in at the at the right times. Um. So yeah, but on to, uh, in terms of Mara's th- this year, it's worth saying that he hasn't really from the start of the season he wasn't a starter. I don't think in Pep's mind. Um, But in recent, it's becoming clearer and clearer. And I think very almost well known now that Pep rewards consistently good performances and, um, you know, harshly punishes mistakes or laziness. And um, Marez has got three returns in his last three games. He's had impacts on every game he's played in. He didn't play. He didn't start in the Carabao Cup tonight in what looked like a very rotated team which might suggest he's got a good chance of starting. I mean, it's hard. You can never, you, I suppose that nothing can ever be suggested or read into from Pep Guardiola team selections. But, you know, we, when you combine a lot of these factors, as I say, his good performances recently, his couple of starts in the league recently, the fact he didn't start tonight, it might suggest he's got a better than normal chance of of, of being a starter for City at the moment. So that's a positive sign. I guess what I would say, I, I reckon if, I mean, the irony is, the reason Chris and I weren't able to watch City's performance tonight is because we were planning this show. And had we planned this show after watching City, I don't know if Mares would have quite made it in the mid-range. Not even because of his own, nothing to do with him, but just more and more of what, we're, what I'm seeing about that game. Now that the stats and some of the write-ups are coming through as Chris and I are recording, they did not have a single shot on target against Southampton tonight. And by according to you know various reports, they really were poor. And following up from like a not great performance against against Chelsea either, um, you know it th- that concerns me about I guess City attackers uh, or just City and their form anyway.
0: Yeah, I think that's I think that's completely fair.
1: I mean, I guess in
0: terms of FPL, Morris has started two of their three games since the restart, assisting in the first two and then didn't start against Chelsea, but come on and and scored the winner. I I guess if you are in Pep's good books, that's the way to do it, right? And as you say, hasn't started in the League Cup tonight in what uh, the BBC live text has described as an awful City performance. I guess, as you say, City city performances in general aren't amazing at the minute and that maybe gives us a bit of pause. But I think the other thing that I'd mention regarding Mares is that 7.5 at seven and a half million, that is significantly cheaper than he had been for a long, long time in the Premier League. Um, I feel like if you're ever gonna buy him, then now is the time in terms of his sheer FPL value, you know, in terms of in terms of his history, and and yeah, he's he's one that I would be toying with. I think hey, I've got enough I've got enough holes in my own team to maybe not be able to to, to move to Mares, but I think he would be a really interesting kind of i guess he i guess he's almost a differential andy frankly but one that has some real high upside for for this game week i mean what is his ownership 2.4 percent i mean it has it has really high potential and i think i guess he wouldn't be on penalties he's been on penalties in the past but i guess with Haaland, he perhaps wouldn't be maybe that reduces him, him him a little bit, but his penalty record's not great anyway, I don't think. But but yeah, as Andy says, can be a real explosive FPL asset uh, as and when he's in the team. And I think if, we, if we're if we confident in at least one start and possibly two in this game week, he's definitely worth a flyer if you've got some space in your midfield. Let's move further out, Andy, to the fringe of our radar, but stay with that same team. Um, Giao Cancello has not had a good return to Manchester post World Cup. He's going to be in a lot of FPL teams, and he's quite an expensive asset. Is he, what, the second most expensive defender in the game, uh, at, the, at least at the start of the season? I'm not sure about now. Um, but Man City have the best expected goals con- conceded since the resumption of the Premier League. So the desire for a City defender is probably quite high, possibly reduced somewhat given you know the difficulty of this double game week. But where would we be looking if we did want to replace Giao Cancelo with a Man City defender?
1: Well, there's a there's a number really of, of options and I think um, it's worth saying on Cancelo that um, it really is not looking good for him at the moment. When you're a defender costing over seven million, um, you need to be at the very least a guaranteed starter and then ideally have a fair bit of attacking upside potential as well. Now, in previous years, Cancelo has been both those things and beyond that. He's been one of City's most creative players, let alone just having some Attacking output, but at the moment he's probably as far from being a guaranteed starter as he ever have has been. In fact, he looks very likely to not be starting or even close to starting um, in in this City team. And weirdly, Carl Walker isn't a starter either. So it's it, it's a very kind of strange situation that that, that they're in. And uh, and obviously, like we said, we haven't seen his specific performance tonight. But given what sound like a poor City. Uh, performance generally, I can't imagine Cancelo having done much to change Pep's mind on that, and and he and Pep has been speaking very highly, you know, making a point of speaking highly about Rico Lewis in in press conferences. So I think that would that would suggest that the right back spot is 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 Rico Lewis's um, at the moment. 3.9 million worth worth mentioning i mean he's 3.9 a... million i'm not sure he'd be the first one but he's certainly like an option in the um in in the in the ranks of, of city like you say 3.9 mil if he is the starter we would be usually at say an absolute jump on a 3.9 mil city starting defender but um i suppose listeners will be thinking albert oh, Cancelo has played most of his games at city for left back at left back um and uh there is a chance he could start there i mean yeah, uh, Gomez did start tonight so he you wouldn't necessarily think he'd be in line to start in the league but Nathan Ake's got, got hold playing. off at half time I think
0: tonight Gomez and again oh, did he? he did not have a good good game from what I've heard of, about it so yeah I'll let you anyway Nathan Ake yeah and so Nathan Ake's be
1: Ake. been been I mean it's a weird one because people probably don't think of Nathan Ake as a left back but it's worth flagging if people haven't noticed that he has played a fair number of games at left back for um for Man City this season, so it's, if we, if, if it seems that the most likely Man City back four at the moment would be Lewis Stones, Akanji, Ake, and um, with that, that's. I mean, I'm not 100% sure on Ruben Ruben Diaz's injury situation, but I think for, he's the, still out from for what the foreseeable, the yeah, it doesn't look like he's on the horizon from from what I can remember. So it, that would look that. Pss, seems to be you know if you were to get one of those in in place of cancelo what i'm trying to say i suppose is it it would be someone who you'd be able to have in your team for a bit so um yeah basically anyone at the that i I suppose my my broader point was it really seems like cancelo and he needs to go i know you asked me who do you replace him with and and kind of all four of those at the moment look like options
0: yeah i think that's completely fair i mean i guess um yeah, City player back four generally, and uh, we know, we've just given you what, what I guess what we think is likely to be before the four uh, that are most likely to start in City's next league game. Um, I guess the question mark, the biggest question mark, is perhaps over Rico Lewis, who uh, what, at 18 playing in you know two key double game week games, including a Manchester Derby away from home, maybe isn't um. Maybe, yeah, maybe it would be a bit bit too much. Maybe you can see Carl Walker playing. Maybe Gio Cancelo at right back. So, yeah, worth thinking about. But in terms of the centre backs and and, and definitely you know the the the, the left back, then you know, Manuel Akanji has played. I think he's only not started one City Premier League game or two City Premier League games since he joined. Um, he didn't start, I believe, against Chelsea in the last Premier League game. But then. Did come off the bench uh, at halftime when City were not playing very well. So quite clear that Pep trusts him. He's £5 million. Nathan Ake, has, as you say, Andy, £5 million pounds as well. Pep said last week, I believe, nobody talks about Nathan. And right now he's playing beyond our expectations as a left back. And that's pretty good news. And in the same press conference, uh, Pep also said very good things about John Stones. Um, when he's happy and stable, what a player he is. So... I I get Jones is a bit more expensive 5.4 million but I would argue that he is the most nailed so maybe you're paying for that
1: that certainty it's hard it's hard to know in Pep's mind isn't it man I think you have advocated for Akanji on the radar a few times this season and he has I think started almost every game in, in, in the league since he's joined City so it's hard to say he's not more nailed than stones as well as to put those two up there yeah
0: yeah i guess i feel like i feel very bullish on stones i think at the minute perhaps and obviously again candy didn't start against chelsea but then since then it's been um been quite difficult for 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 um you know for any city player that's, that's kind of come in instead of him so i think uh no, none of them started tonight which i guess is interesting but again i think pep made some halftime subs i feel like Ake and the might have been two of the players that came on at half-time. So, um, yeah, worth thinking about minutes. But, but for me, you know, ultimately, City weren't playing very well tonight and didn't, didn't play very well against Chelsea in the league. And, you know, whoever they brought on is probably more likely to be, be in Pep's, um, in Pep's good book. So, yeah, I think any of those four could be, could be a really interesting. Um, Uh, really interesting kind of differential options, I think, and definitely worth thinking about replacing Cancelo with. Uh, Another guy, Andy, on the fringe of our radar, who's probably come to FPL FPL listeners' attention uh, recently is Caro Matoma at Brighton. Now, I have a feeling, and I might be wrong, but I have a feeling you mentioned this guy's name to me Possibly back out, back ahead in our long weekend as a guy to maybe keep an eye on, not someone that you necessarily were advocating for in midfield, but I have a feeling you might have mentioned him before. Um, it's only he's only just started really starting for Brighton, um, but he's looked good in some glimpses off the bench um, earlier in the season. Uh, I think he's got what, two goals in his last two games, I believe. Um, Brighton have some okay fixtures coming up, and four point nine million. Uh, I guess. For me, Andy, if I had, um, if I didn't have as many holes in my team, I'd be trying to think of a way to get this guy in. He might even be someone that I'd have instead of, say, an Andreas Pereira at the minute. But I'm not sure if I can quite justify making another transfer this week, given the amount of other issues that are in my team. But if I had a a settled side at the minute and wanted to think, you know, a cheap midfielder
1: to upgrade from, from from someone else, I think he'd be pretty high on my list. Yeah, I mean, similar to, it's a good comparison with Pereira because obviously he seems very attacking. In that Brighton midfield, a lot of what they do at the moment seems to go through him. You, you know, since the, since the restart, he's fourth for non-penalty expected goals amongst all midfielders in the game, and he's only 4.9 million. Um, so yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't, I think this is the first I've heard of him like in recent weeks. I'm not sure I mentioned him on the long weekend. I, I can't. Am remember. I,
0: am I uh, thinking of Jacob Moda instead? Because I know that you've
1: mentioned him. Oh, before. I have mentioned Moda before. I yes, think I might if... be getting them a
0: bit mixed up then. In that case
1: because he, he he's been classified as uh, as midfielders and defender i think possibly in the past but uh, yeah anyway um but but yeah matoma i think brighton's fixtures look good i think that's that's another thing to um kind of add into the the point here it's liverpool in this game week so that's maybe why he's on the fringe at the moment but after that leicester bournemouth palace fulham um, and I think a very slight chance of a double at some point, according to Krellin, but, but certainly less of a chance now, but still even ignoring that good fixtures coming up for Brighton. So um, yeah, he, he, he get the underlying numbers look, look pretty decent. He's quite attacking. Um, there will be people who say, what about Trossard and gross? Well, you know, Deserbi is, is a different manager, and whilst some of those returns of Trossard and Gross came under Deserbi, when you come into a team, you, you play the players who've been playing and who are in form, right? And as you learn more about them and stamp your own identity, you start playing the players kind of you trust or you want more, don't you? And it's not like Gross and, and March and Trossard haven't been playing, they, they, they kind of have still on and off, but it seems like the stuff seems to be going through Matoma a bit more. So, again, obviously, particularly at his price. Um, happy days.
0: Yeah, I don't want to say something that's completely unverified, um, but I'm going to do it anyway. I have a feeling I've read somewhere that De Zerbi had similar thoughts about Leandro Trossard to what Pep said about Cancelo recently. He come back from the World Cup and questioned his motivation a little bit. Okay. Um, might be one instead of taking my word as gospel. Might be one for listeners or any Trotter owners that are listening to maybe investigate that independently because I, I vaguely remember seeing it. it. Might have just been on on our on our Twitter feed or something along those lines. But but yeah, definitely worth looking into. I don't know. He didn't play in the at all in the last game. I think is at the moment the most transferred out player. In this game week he also got a flag so maybe those two are related was was hauled off i think after 59 minutes in their previous game as well so definitely one to, to have a look into uh, see any any comments on on trotter but yeah mitoma at the minute was starting 4.9 million Decent underlying numbers and good fixtures. I mean, that is what we would call uh, the trifecta of, of of FPL Lounge greatness, really, isn't it? So let's uh, let's let's move on, Andy, uh, to another Brighton player that you're keeping
1: a loose eye on, but not officially on the radar. Yeah. So off the radar now, and I actually just quickly before we do go off the radar, I don't know if we said that. Um, whilst City's this is going back to City uh, play at defenders on the fringe. whilst City's performances haven't been fantastic, they've had great expected goals conceded. You know, very few expected goals conceded all season and in recent weeks, including since the restart, they're actually the best team. They've conceded the fewest expected goals um, since the restart. So, so you know, performances might not be great, but sometimes that doesn't always. It's not always a problem for defenders. We've had like Burnley or Wolves defenders in 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 our teams over the years. Despite the fact the team haven't been performing well, they've been they've been solid at the back. So, yeah, just just thought the thing it thought was worth worth pointing out out that. But coming off the radar, yeah, no, another Brighton player. And look, when I, I, as Chris will know, whenever there's an opportunity to look at a cheap forward who's starting, I'm always straight in there and um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, but... Mason Greenwood and Edging Ketcher
0: in, re- in seasons gone by come to mind. I mean, less said about Mason Greenwood, the better, but, um, you yeah, know, from now, when, when he was a 4.5 million FPL forwards scoring goals, uh, you
1: were all over that. And starting for Man United at the time, yeah, but Ferguson um, is starting. He is that guy at the moment for Brighton. Uh, he is, um, he's starting as the number nine. I mean, I'm not, I'm not, haven't followed Brighton very closely this season. So, and, and, and then I don't have any quotes on this. So I don't know if he, if this is like a temporary thing because of potential of, of injuries or whether he has just played himself into that, into that role. But um, I mean, you'd think scoring two in two, how can you be dropped at that point? He looks like the bits of highlights I've seen. He seems more like a proper number nine that Brighton haven't had for a while. And I would like to see him get an opportunity. I mean, whilst he's still scoring goals, why, why should he not deserve um, a starting place in the team? So that that's the thing that keeps him off the radar for me at the moment. I just want to be, have a, hear a bit more from Deserby and I suppose have a little bit more certainty. Also, you know, he's a young player and so form can sometimes be patchy, but we're, we're, there's a lot of premiums around in people's FPL teams this year, and there's one, two, three, and sometimes even four enablers required to make that happen. So, um, yeah, a lot of people going with Sam Greenwood as their, as their third forward, um, but he is not a regular starter for Leeds. And um, if Ferguson ends up being that for Brighton, then, then he's going to be your go-to guy. Yeah, absolutely. Been very impressed
0: by him too. I think he's I think he's literally only 18 years old as well. So, yeah, um, as you say, form can be patchy, but equally at that age, you know, players can be pretty fearless. And 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 if I think Brighton have been crying out for a decent number nine for a long time, and if Deserbi's unearthed an 18 year old that could could do that, then yeah, there could be some real benefits from an FPL point of view and from Brighton's. Um, for me, just keeping a little bit of a loose eye on. The Forest and Southampton defences—they've got weirdly okay underlying defensive numbers. I think they rank sixth and seventh among uh, Premier League teams um, for xG conceded. uh, Yeah, expected goals conceded since since the restart. I mean, the the figures themselves aren't amazing. Um, I think they I think they would round to 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 four in those three games. But considering how bad defensively those teams have been all season. it seems to be a bit of an improvement, or at least a step in the right direction. Southampton have obviously kept a clean sheet tonight against uh, against City in the League Cup. Um, uh, Forest only conceded once against Wolves, and I think that was um, that was a bit of a uh, yeah. I think that that was a substitution substitute for Wolves making a bit of an, an immediate impact, and also, I mean maybe one to keep an eye on but I think part of what's maybe helped Forrest in particular is they've had a settled defence I think they've started the same back four um, for all of the games since the restart Willy Bolly being a key part of that and I think he went off injured tonight and then that's when they conceded so maybe one to keep a bit of an eye on on him on his fitness but but yeah just one to you yeah, know maybe definitely not put on the radar at the minute but there doesn't seem to be loads and loads of defenders about at the moment Andy that we're that keen on, um, you know, we're not really nailing our colours to the mart on, on a City one either. Um, so, if this better underlying defensive performance continues for both of those teams, I wonder if they could be interesting looks in the weeks going uh, in the weeks going by.
1: Yeah, I mean for a couple of seasons now it feels like we've been crying out for a mid-table team who are great at keeping clean sheets because they're fantastic for enabling the defense right um but we we just haven't had it um it's been all about the premiums in defense over the last season and a half in FPL so yeah if they if they can that'd be great and lots of chat obviously about how Southampton were decent defensively tonight and how they want to like dig in and, and and try and you know Follow it up with a with an equally a good performance against against Everton in the league, which they desperately need. So um, yeah, I I feel like uh, definitely biased by this performance, this result tonight. So maybe not right to say, but I feel like Southampton more so a chance of becoming that team than than Forrest, But we'll see.
0: Yeah, possibly. I think I'd be more keen on Forrest if Bolly is fit. I feel like he might be the. The the key, I guess, maybe, and uh, you know, just just having a, a settled back four, I think, definitely helps. And if they've had a settled back four, then then, then yeah. But if, obviously, um, yeah, Bolly goes off tonight. They bring on Scott McKenna, who has not had a great season by all accounts, and then they can concede about ten minutes later. So maybe that says, maybe that says something. Um, let's leave it there, Andy. Let's leave the radar there, and then when we return, we will be back to swim against the tide.
1: Here at the FPL lounge, we are keen to hear from you. You can join in the conversation on Twitter or Instagram at FPL underscore lounge. We will preview every game week throughout the season, exploring options for your chips and transfers. Subscribe to the show wherever you get your pods so that you have all the information you need before the game week deadline. Thanks for joining us in the FPL lounge.
0: Welcome back then, so we have not done swimming against the tide in a couple of weeks, and I guess we might not have done one this week, Andy. um I guess we're not maybe as i guess it's not for a lack of bullishness maybe on this on this player, um, but ultimately we like you know we always like to swim against something in you know the top most transferred in or maybe the second most transferred in. this guy is just the fourth most transferred in this game week. I guess always in, in double game weeks it is harder because some of the transfers just simply make more sense or some of the transfers out simply make more sense, especially when there's flags around. But Alexander Mitrovic is the fourth most transferred in this game week. Um, this is a bit of a head-scratcher for, for me. Um, you know, all the three above him, I believe, are on, are on doubles. I think Rashford, Shaw and Kane. Uh, ahead of him, so of single game week players, he is the most transferred in, and I'm just not seeing it, his underlying numbers are still pretty good, but Fulham's fixture run isn't brilliant Um, and there's just something about him post restart that I'm not quite getting on board with Uh, maybe it was all to do with the the impending yellow card that he did end up getting and, and, and missing his double but we haven't seen loads that's been superb from him since Fulham come back from the World Cup or since he come back from the World Cup, rather,
1: no, I mean, he has had a, I think, a, maybe at least one goal, possibly two. He's had an assist, he did miss a penalty, but uh, and, and and like you say, that yellow's out the way now, so he'd need another five before he got a suspension again, so that's not really a concern. So maybe they're like the positives, but um, and yeah, his price for the underlyings, um, it is still pretty, pretty good, so um. That there is an argument he could find that when there's not loads, of, well, I say not loads. I mean, Harland and Kane, but maybe you can't afford them both, right? So, um, there there is an argument there that that he would he would his value would 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 perhaps find his way into your into your squad. But then, the next three fixtures in particular are Newcastle, Tottenham, Chelsea, right? So it's one of those where had you had him in. If he was, I'm not necessarily criticizing people with him in their team. What we're suing against here is why are you transferring him in now? Like you said, there's other players on double game weeks. You you you'd think you'd prioritize a transfer this week if you didn't on on trying to like take advantage of of that. So uh, and if you didn't I, uh, already have him, then you missed him for the double game week that obviously he didn't end up having. But you didn't bring him in last game week yet. You're bringing him in this one. Well, exactly. Yeah, and it, and, and you're not gaining. He's not got a double this week. If your argument is, oh, yeah, but it's about more than just this week. Well, but then he's got Tottenham and Chelsea in the next two. And so surely you could find someone who's either got three better fixtures in the next three game weeks or, although the fixtures might not be better, someone who's got like four games because they've got a double. So, yeah, it just it just doesn't seem it it seems like an odd. He seems like an odd. I mean. Could I see him scoring this game week against Newcastle? Like, yeah, it's possible. Could he score against Tottenham at home? I guess, yeah, that's possible. Chelsea or whatever they are, 10th and have conceded plenty of goals. So, so, in theory, he could score in any one of or all of those next three fixtures. But like, it, is he the best forward option to bring in? I, I, th- I think, like, possibly not at the moment. Yeah, I'm still
0: very pro in, in and considering... Um, yeah, considering you know his, 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 I know he doesn't have the easiest fixtures, but does have a double in 23. Um, yeah, I feel like I'd be more likely to go for Nketia. I think at the minute, I know that others are quite keen on Ivan Tony and his next three are Bournemouth, Leeds, and Southampton. I mean. I think I'd be taking those fixtures over Mitrovic's any day of the week. So, yeah, I mean, I think it. I think we are a little bit tentative with this one. And obviously, he is only the fourth most transferred in. But the three above him all have doubles this game week. And I think, yeah, we'd be maybe looking to put our resources into a double game week player rather than Alexander Mitrovic if we can. Um, let's move on, Andy, to captaincy. And this will be our first triple captain conversation of the season. Um, all of our... Captaincy picks this week have double game weeks. There are Erling Haaland, of course, and then Marcus Rashford and Harry Kane. I guess when it comes to the, to the. I mean, let's start with the conversation, Andy, where we're comparing these, I guess. um I guess Erling Haaland has two difficult fixtures. Rashford, with respect to Palace, only has one. Kane has two, but he's got such a good record against Arsenal, maybe you wouldn't worry about it too much. Um, is there an is there is there a possibility that you know one of us might be thinking about not captaining Haaland this game week?
1: Um, I mean, yes, I think it's definitely something people will be thinking about. Uh, particularly given Rashford's form. Just just it's just it's not even just the fixtures, although arguably they are better for, for Rashford than they are for Haaland. Um, it, it is it's just it's outrageous, like almost one of those intangible things that you can't quantify or define the form he's in at the moment it's like everything he's touching is turning to gold and it has since pre-world cup he's just on an unbelievable streak he came off albeit Charlton he did come off the bench with about 20 minutes in in midweek at, at, in the league cup quarterfinal and score twice um he, he's obviously scored uh, in the league lots recently it he gets five points for a goal he's got where Holland only gets four he's got yeah doubled like like Haaland has so i can see lots of reasons why it's it's not an awful shout to to, to captain rashford even over a, a great fpl player like haaland this week
0: yeah what about harry kane i mean i guess that i think i've said this before kane is the, is the is the one player whose record against arsenal bucks the Oh, you know, they love scoring against this club kind of thing for me because I guess it, it, it is a is a North London derby and he, he comes across as, as a big game player. I can absolutely see him scoring for Tottenham at home against against Arsenal, particularly if Kuleszewski is back. Obviously, that second game in the double away at City is is relatively difficult, but given City's underlying defensive numbers, is he worth a bit of a differential shout, or would we definitely just be
1: saying Haaland versus Kane it would be Haaland? I mean, it's an it's another weird trend that, despite many different managers that Pep <laughs> faced when he's played Tottenham, it, a club he's always seemed to struggle against. They they've had a lot of victories against City under Pep, to Tottenham, and it's and it's a weird one. But but I I don't think you can necessarily attribute that, attribute that to any real. Trend because it's been different systems, different players, different managers. So I think that's just one of those odd quirks. But nonetheless, obviously, City not in form at the moment. So I don't know. Maybe there is um, Arsenal. Despite Kane's good historic for like you know goal scoring record against them, Arsenal have been more defensively sound and obviously have a lot of confidence at the moment. So this season i i yeah it is obviously it's a it's a despite kane's good record it is still a tricky fixture and there's absolutely no guarantees i think there's possibly and 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 like the jekyll and hyde of spurs was typified by that game against palace in in the league recently where very drab first half nil nil at half time, and then they've gone and completely dominated and take and had loads of chances and won four nil in the second half um You could get either one of those spurs turn up in either half in either game and and that impacts well both that impacts harry kane and harry kane has an impact on on that on which one turns up so um i i think that's a lot of question marks basically it's a lot of ifs and buts and things that could go either way whereas you'd maybe expect despite city's form harland and rashford to be more like reliably good at the moment so I mean, it sounds like an obvious thing to say, but it, it seems to me that the rank is falling quite conveniently. Haaland 1, Rashford 2, Kane Kane 3. Yeah, again, as we
0: said in the radar, though, this is a guy that's only blanked three times all season. Like, it's, Yeah, I don't know. There's he, he's, he's just been so consistent that you could see him scoring a goal in each, I guess, compared to what Haaland's ceiling is and what Rashford's ceiling is, given he's got an extra point per goal. I, I, I can I can see why he's maybe our third choice here, but but yeah, it feels it feels a bit wrong in in, in some ways. Um, let's have a triple captaincy discussion. Um, I guess ultimately, Andy, whether you play your triple captainship or not, kind of comes down to when you think the optimum time to play is. Um, and I guess if you're not doing it this game week, you believe City will have a better double. Um, now, we know that they've got another double already in Game Week 23 where they face Villa and Arsenal. They could, of course, have other doubles later in the season, depending on their progress in the FA Cup. We know that they're not going to have a blank now um, in on League Cup final weekend because they're not in the League Cup anymore. Um, but, I mean, so does, does it simply come down to whether you think you would rather captain if you're going to use your triple captainship on Haaland at some point this season, does it come down to Man United versus Tottenham, or sorry, Man United and Tottenham versus Aston Villa and Arsenal?
1: I mean, it does in some way, yes. And so just to highlight that that double fixture for City, City also doubling game week 23, and they play Aston Villa and Arsenal uh, in those in that in that game week, Villa at home, Arsenal away. Um, I think you it does seem that despite the fact it's Arsenal away having Villa at home makes that a better opportunity for Haaland to kind of go off because you've got Har you've got Villa at home which you know he could you could easily see him getting one two three goals in and then the Arsenal away is kind of just an extra nine bonus 90 minutes and despite it being against a good team it's an extra 90 minutes in which you could get a return uh, there's also potential although City have gone out Of the EFL Cup now which means less chance for doubles later down the line there is still chance obviously with them being in other competitions for for further doubles later down the line you know as we really get on late into the season which which could depending on what those teams are end up being better than both those options currently currently that we do know about for City in terms of double game weeks so I think there's a lot of caveats and when you add it into the fact that we you know there's been some game weeks this season where we've said Harland's your captain let's move on to the next segment whereas this week there are some fairly legit arguments for other options I mean Harland we think he's probably still the best but the others are a little bit closer to him it just doesn't feel like the time when you want to sort of wham down that that triple captain shit
0: does the fact that some will triple captain him make it more important that those that don't triple captain him do at least captain him that's a very wordy way of putting should we should we captain him because of his estimated ownership being higher due to tripling
1: yeah for, it's again it's one of those which is hard to explain isn't it but effective ownership kind of calc it, it, i don't think this is accurate but trying to explain it in terms that make sense like at, cal- tries to calculate the average number of points against you it will be that that player will score. So, for example, if a, cap- if a if 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 a player was captained by everyone, they'd have 200% effective ownership because it means everyone gets 200% of their points, right? Um, where so, but when in in a triple captain week, you can go over 200 because if people, yeah, if on average you know he's captained 2.2 2 times or something it works out that so many people have captained him triple captained him then then yeah it can mean that even if you do captain him you're not getting as many points as other people are and the number of people getting more points than you outweighs any benefit than the points you're getting off him so it can actually Yeah, be a negative when he returns for you. Like I said, it's complicated to explain, but ultimately, yeah. I mean, given that it it seems likely his ownership will be effective ownership will be over 200. If you don't captain him, your your ownership of him is just 100% this week, right? Because if you don't captain him, he's in your team. You own him 100%. That means you've got a long gap. If it was say 220, you know. Almost more than double the amount of points he scores would work against you. Like, yeah. So the amount of points he scores, again and a bit, are going to count against you because of the number of people triple and cap triple counting and captaining him. So job, I one don't of know. Has a degree in mathematics, is not it? I mean, yeah, a degree in maths and explaining it. Although I was a teacher of maths as well, is a different <laughs> thing. Um, but you don't you yeah. don't have
0: a whiteboard for this or a PowerPoint presentation where I feel like that would make it a little bit easier.
1: I suppose an easier way to put it, without all that, right, is there is an argument of just don't worry about what other people are going to do and captain who you think is the best captain. Because it, it, arguably, even if you understand effective ownership, when it comes to captaincy, it's a pretty defensive move to worry about that and make your captaincy based based on it because like Rashford I can see having a very high effective ownership that we've just heard that he's got a high ownership level right there's going to be plenty of there are going to be people captaining him this week so you could end up in a situation where both of them are over 100% and that means whichever one you don't captain is going to work against you so you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't a bit right um so just I think the the simple non-mathsy way of going about it is 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 just captain who you think is the most likely to score most points? Because that's yeah. always the best way to go, I, I, ultimately, I, 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 regardless of yeah. what anyone else does.
0: I, I I get you, but like in any given game week, we would say not captaining Haaland can seriously hurt you, and it could hurt you even more if 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 a significant proportion of Haaland's ownership ownership is triple captaining captaining him. So yeah, and I I, I get your Rashford argument, but equally his ownership is more is less than half that of haalands and I'm not seeing any much Rashford triple captain chat I'm seeing a plenty of Haaland triple captain chat so all those factors together it just it, it I guess it kind of feels like the pain of not captaining Haaland could be even greater this game week than it is ordinarily because of the amount that, going, that might triple him and almost captaining him, just just merely captaining him mitigates for that a little bit. But as Andy says, it is such a boring, negative way of thinking about the captaincy option and playing FPL that we re- are reluctant to say it. But I feel like it 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 needs to come with a you know any captaincy discussion that is around not captaining Harlan needs to come with with a serious rank health warning basically and 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 this week more than more than most given given the the triple captaincy threat for him but yeah i think on on the whole i do kind of i tend to agree with andy i would be reluctant to triple captain him this week because i think there is at least one if not two opportunities for man city where there might be a better set of fixtures for you to triple captain harland um i think fitness yeah (laughs) Providing he remains fit, he's going to be the the player that most players in the game triple captain this season at some point. It's just whether you go game week twenty, game week twenty three, or hedge your bets and wait for a, wait 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 for later in the season. Um, obviously if City City go out in the FA Cup third fourth round, which is against Arsenal, right, then they won't have any blanks
1: or doubles still to come. Yes, I think that must be that must be true. Yeah, and I guess that's obviously fantastic for us that the top two in the Premier League have, have drawn each other and, and, and should make for a good game. But yeah, could mean could mean disaster potentially for for City this season. Yeah. So
0: that's worth thinking about, I guess. If you do want to captain Haaland or do want to triple captain Haaland at some point and City lose to Arsenal in the FA Cup, then it's now or game week 23 going to be the only doubles that he's probably going to get unless well, like, there are other fixture, you know, cancellations or whatever later, later in the
1: season. Well, you won't know about the cup thing before this game week deadline. Though, no, right. So, so at that point, if you haven't triple captain in this game week, you're potentially looking at city's only double left in the season being that Villa Arsenal. 23. So yeah. that's going to see a lot of triple captains on Harlem that week. If that happens.
0: And then you'll experience exactly the same pain if you captain him this week. If you triple captain him this week and don't in 23. So exactly. Oh, so just we, pick the person you this, think is, is going it, to
1: get the most points. Has in this, any been the
0: long, this might have been the longest captaincy chat of the season um, with us. I mean, I think it's all still useful. At least I hope it is useful. If you don't find it useful, then uh, you know, just let us know. FBL underscore lounge on Twitter and Instagram. Let's finish as we always do, Andy. Now with. Who the heck is Stat? It's a little game Andrew and I like to play, where we take it in turns each game we to pick a player from the FPL universe that has to be owned by 5% of managers and we the other person has to guess who it is. If they guess it after the first clue, they get five points. After the second clue, they get four points and so on and so forth. Every time we hear a new clue, we get two minutes to either stick or twist with our previous guess, which means we don't reveal the answer until answer the end, which allows you to play along wherever you are listening to the FPL lounge. Uh, Andy got one point last week. He's now played 10 times and got 24 points. I've played nine and got 17s. Andy's got that nice seven-point cushion. Uh you might be able to tell from my voice, so I'm feeling a little under the weather. Going to get that tiny violin out, going to play the sympathy card already. So any any bad performance from me is definitely down to the cold and not down to anything else.
1: Okay, well yeah, I mean you've got to get your excuses in early, haven't you? But you are you are sneaky making. A li- I've had I've had a few in a row now. I've already got like ones and zeros, so you're eating into that lead a little bit and um, I don't think you need any sympathy. So um Great, shall we crack on with it?
0: Let's let's do it.
1: I'm sure you weren't expecting sympathy from me. Oh so was not I was no not. no. Okay. Clue number one. It is this player's fifth season in FPL, but they are not on for their highest ever score. Well, that could be anyone, couldn't it?
0: Uh fifth season. So let's go down the fixtures. I guess it could be a villa player, not on for the highest ever finish. Uh, not sure how many Villa players would be owned that high. Emmy Martinez, but he's done more than that. Leeds, I don't think they'd have many five seasoners. Brighton could maybe have, some, maybe not. I think they've been in for four, Brighton. Everton, probably not got many. Players eligible for the game. Southampton would have War Prowse. Everton might have Pickford, but they've all done more than five years, I would think. Forest is unlikely. Leicester, five years. Not on for a highest finish. My mind goes to James Madison. Uh, yeah. Let's have a whiz through some others. Wolves. Uh, who could they have that's on five years? Jimenez. I don't doubt he's owned by 5%. I think I'll struggle. West Ham. Could 30 have seconds. Like an Antonio or a Bowen. Um... I've neglected the big six so far, but in lieu of another clue, I will go with James Madison. Five seasons, not his highest ever total. Ten seconds to go. Yeah, I'll go James Madison, please.
1: Okay. James Madison, clue number two. This player is the third highest owned player in his position.
0: Uh, that probably rules James Madison out, doesn't it? Um Okay, so forwards, would be the most owned? Well, Harlan's the most owned. Who'd be second and third? Would Kane be that high? We said he's 30%, didn't we? Um, Jesus. Five seasons for him sounds realistic. Not on for his highest ever finish. I don't know what he's on, but I guess he could have had an outrageous season with City. That's definitely one to think about. Um, midfielders, who's going to be the highest? Oh, uh, Martinelli must be the highest on midfielder. And then there would be... Well, we said Rashford's 40% nearly, didn't we? He must be up there. De Bruyne. Rashford and De Bruyne both played more than five years. Has Salah played? How many years has Salah played? Oh, he had that Chelsea season, though, didn't he? That always scutters any kind of...
1: 30 seconds.
0: Longevity with him. Um, I haven't even thought about defenders or goalkeepers. Defenders will be trickier not sure who did i say as a forward i said jesus didn't i i think i'm gonna to switch to jesus please mr
1: case okay jesus it is uh clue number three this player has played every minute so far which might help explain why he's also third highest owned at his club as well as is in his position
0: um every minute oh, i just went for jesus well he's obviously been injured so it's definitely not him um Every minute tends to imply defender or goalkeeper, doesn't it? I think. So let's go through those defenders and their ownership. Trips is going to be top, isn't he? And he's must have had more than five. Well, it's not the top. So who would be second and third? I feel like Cancelo, I feel like he's had less than five years, although maybe something crept up on me. He definitely wouldn't be on for his highest finish, but he hasn't played every minute. I can't think he'd be next Trent not played every minute Nico Williams not played every minute mm. what about keeper then uh, I'm guessing Nick Pope is near the top if not top and I'm guessing Danny Ward's up there and you said this player's the third most owned at his club as well yes what about what about Ramsdale this is what his second season at Arsenal and he's had seasons at Sheffield United did he have and Bournemouth you've got 30 seconds I I don't know about every minute but it could be third most owned at his club behind Martinelli and Jesus yeah. Yeah, I'll talk myself into my, oh yeah, I'll switch to I'll switch to Ramsdale, please.
1: Okay, switching to Ramsdale. Clue number four. This player has a minimum of double figure clean sheets in every season so far, but just four so far this season. Um
0: Minimum of double-figure clean sheets. I mean, that must rule Ramsdale out because of like Bournemouth seasons and Sheffield United seasons. Because he wasn't the Sheffield United keeper when they had that very good season. He was the Sheffield United keeper when they went down, I think. Dean Henderson was in goal when they had the good season. So that would maybe rule him out. I mean, double-figure clean sheets, but none. How many? You said four this season. Four, yeah that implies a mega mega drop off so I guess I'm looking at Mendy he hasn't done five years though has he or I guess Alison five years double figure clean sheets in every season that would make some sense third most owned his club Behind Salah and Trent, I I guess. What about Robbo? Robbo's had some ownership recently though, hasn't he? Hmm. Third most owned keeper, could be. Not on for his highest finish. Yeah. No idea, frankly.
1: What was the second clue? Uh, you've got 30 seconds. The second clue was he's the third highest owned in his position. Oh, okay.
0: Um, four clean sheets this season that sounds about right double figures in others yeah I'm going
1: to switch to Alisson I think yes please I'll switch to Alisson switch to Alisson okay and the final clue despite being the joint most expensive player in his position his starting price this season was surprisingly low, lower than many would have expected and has only been as low as this previously when he was in his first season say that again. Despite being the joint most expensive player in his position, his starting price this season was surprisingly low, lower than many would have expected, and has only been as low as that previously when he was in his first season. Um, joint most expensive in his
0: position. Uh, how much is he? 5 and I guess he's five and a half. Who else would be that? What, like, Edison and Pope and Martinez, maybe? And then you said it's his lowest, joint
1: lowest ever starting price. Well, uh, he's, he's only ever been as low as that once, and that was in his first season.
0: Was he... I, I, this is ringing a vague bell in my head that him and Ederson were 6 mil last year. And the year before and the year before that, though, is where I'm... OK. I feel like I'm confident it's a goalkeeper. He's the third most owned, which I think would rule out Pope. And like, You've got 30 seconds. It's that... It's, it's that double figure clean sheets and then a lack of them this year that implies to me it's allison because liverpool have been bad at the back this year and five years sounds about right i feel like i'm gonna have to go with it yeah i'll stick with it andy but i'm not i can't sound
1: convinced and for two points that was the right thing to do you uh you've got two points in the bag it was allison yes um his fifth season in FPL which I, which I thought was a little surprising maybe more than than I that I'd have thought obviously not on for the highest score because Liverpool haven't done well third highest owned I was a little surprised that maybe as well I, I thought there might be might be others C- considering he's only had four clean sheets and he's one of the most expensive keepers you 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 wouldn't necessarily think he's he's the third highest owned but possibly a lot of zombie teams because it's quite spread out the goalkeeper ownership I think he's still only around about 15% so um, yeah, and and lots of clean sheets. I mean, he's actually had 20 plus in two of his four seasons, but nice. 10 and wow, 13, 10 and 13 in the in the other two. So, um, yeah, and obviously they did that thing about you. You were right about that. They 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 dropped the sort of ceiling of goalkeeper prices. They made Edison and Allison both 5.5. At the start of the season, though, Allison had been six for each of the past three, um, I guess, to try... Because, yeah, keepers, obviously, those two weren't particularly highly owned, and I guess it was to try and get people to be a bit more sort of lured into them as as what was seemingly at the start of the season good clean sheet um, options for the price, yeah. I think we did have
0: both of them featured in the long weekend, didn't we, mm-hmm. I think, because of their price drop, at least making them a bit more appealing. I guess for I guess for them both, it was taking up a a city in a Liverpool slot that we wanted to put elsewhere. And I guess for Liverpool in particular with them, that was, you know, a regret pretty early on. But yeah, I mean, just looking at his stats now, I think the other interesting thing about him is that he's got four attacking returns in his FPL career. Yes,
1: uh four assists, isn't it? I think, yeah. I think
0: you got you got a goal.
1: I, I I was I I had written half written a clue about an assist and I just thought it's too cruel because if I mention assists and clean sheets you're going to it's going to steer you right off onto defenders. So Yeah. I think that yeah. I think that's
0: fair. I think I don't know if I'd have been as kind as you.
1: <laughs> so I mean you- well, we, I don't know. I don't know. You say that, but if you were in the situation, I think you'd yeah. have thought the same as me. Yeah, it's mate. too. It's too much of a bum steer that one.
0: It is. It is. It is. You are right. You are right. But yeah, I thought. I have to say, I thought your second clue was quite kind actually, because I guess it, at that point it can only like you go through the four positions and try and think of ownership. And I guess doing the podcast, we've got some vague idea about ownership at least. You might not have the exact rankings, but you know, you likely know who's top and maybe who's sort of challenging, but. I guess the goalkeepers are something that we don't look at often because how many goalkeepers feature on our radar? Well, hardly ever. So, yeah, 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 yeah definitely. Well, very, very interesting. And yeah, nice to nice to be um nice to be closing that gap even further um, ahead of go- double game week twenty. Then Andy, if our listeners have any questions for us, how can they get in touch?
1: Well, they can find us on Twitter or Instagram at FPL underscore lounge. And uh, yeah. A decent looking week of, of premier league ahead so um let us know what you're doing with your teams and, and that captaincy quandary
0: absolutely absolutely and i got a tweet about uh from uh i think we've got a, a a loyal listener who's an exeter city fan and culture signed an exeter city player uh i got a very nice tweet about that so so yeah do get in touch and you know a little just just so andy is aware we're going to see colchester aren't we in, in about a month's time um Away at a glamorous Grimsby Town, just so you know, Andy. And I know we said earlier that you know, please be gamble away and gamble responsibly. But I have drank the Kool Aid and I have backed us to make the playoffs and I have backed us to finish in the top five. And
1: I'm all in. You hang on, right before Christmas, this is a team that was in the relegation zone. You've had a couple of wins and now, nice you get, now you're getting giddy, like yeah, playoffs, Chris, playoffs. Yeah. What, what right, how many points away are you and what price 15, was it? 15 500. 500. Mm, 500.
0: Well, yeah, yeah, it changes, yeah. Changes,
1: changes everything now, doesn't it? Yeah, to be fair, I mean, I could maybe be tempted in at 500, especially if it's your team. I could see how you could uh I mean, what what about United for the league? Um, what price? Oh yeah, I don't know what price they are at the moment, but just like looking at cities before, if we beat City at home, we are one point behind them, right? We are uh, we're a bit off Arsenal. This, this is a tangent, but I, I like it. I like yeah. it a lot. Well, I mean, what 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 do our listeners think? Can United win the league? Let us know at FPL and score there. It's less of a tangent now. Of
0: course, yeah. Number, I'm looking at the price now. Quickly scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. 20, Twenty-eight to one. You can get best price apparently. I mean, I mean City still odds on. I mean, you'd have a nibble at Arsenal. They're nearly two to one.
1: I, th- I, th- I just think any team that signs Valt Veghorst in the January transfer window can't be taken seriously as uh, title contenders. So, is, it de- is it definitely happening And how many weeks until he's on the radar? Well, it's not definitely happening, but, you know, Fabrizio's talking it up. So it's, it looks like it's definitely a possibility. Um, Interesting. And I don't think he'll be on the radar at any point this season
0: interesting well we'll see depends if you get any nice uh nice free kick routines like the dutch did at the World cup um yeah but yeah as as i say and also do remember to rate review and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from um obviously again this is a a double game week so um we haven't discussed when we will be back recording i guess it will be sometime towards the end of next week andy i
1: guess yeah that would make sense because the next game week goes um straight into the into the following weekend so yeah lovely yeah so we might not encompass both of the double game
0: week uh games might have to record before man city spurs maybe even before palace man united but we'll do our best to keep you informed and obviously if you do subscribe then you'll get our podcast in your feed whenever we do get round to uploading it uh, but andy enjoy this double game week and until then
1: thanks for joining us in the
0: fpl lounge